Hello and welcome to Unbossed. I am your host, Nina Turner. And in the co-host chair today, we have none other than Jackson White. Axon Jackson is in the house and he is a Rebel HQ contributor. Good afternoon, Jackson. Good afternoon, Nina. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty fantastic. And as soon as the cameras start rolling, something just comes out of me. So if anybody out there was feeling a little low, I hope my sunshine is seeping through the screen right now and delivering some positivity into your life. That's what time it is, it's Monday. Amen to that, <laughs> loving it, loving it. Well, we're gonna jump right into our stories today. Get ready for your roller coaster ride. Over the weekend, many GOP primary candidates descended on Washington DC for the Faith and Freedom Coalition event. Chris Christie, former, former Governor Chris Christie, had some things to say about former President Donald J. Trump. And it went as well as you might expect, take a look. Why am I running for President of the United States? I'm running because he's let us down. He has let us down because he's unwilling. He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, any, any of the faults that he has, and any of the things that he's done. And that is not leadership, everybody. That is a failure of leadership. And I... You can boo all you want, but here's the thing. Our faith teaches us that people have to take responsibility for what they do. Is that what the good book says? <laughs> I guess not in the, in, the, in the matters of the audience there. Now Chris Christie, the incoming Chris Christie should have known the audience. You know, that's politics 101, know your audience. The mega cult was not about to let Chris Christie get away with talking about harshly criticizing their number one man, and that is none other than President Donald J. Trump. Now, President Trump took the stage, and you know what his response was. Take a look. Talk about petty, and, and the, the the petty prize goes to the champ of petty himself, Donald J. Trump. I mean, you gotta chuckle a little bit. He gonna walk out there and say, Jackson, was any of the other candidates treated this way? <laughs> I don't know. One of them got booed off the stage for real. And, and you know, the thing that kills me is like, you know, Donald Trump, if he would have just made the decision to drop out of the 2016 race and let Hillary win. Then he could have continued everything on. He could have built his network. He would have been just as popular, just minus all the you know presidential scandals, minus the indictments and the impeachments and whatever. Minus all those little those little yeah. things. So those little things that yeah. don't matter. You know who cares about those? But but yeah, I mean the guy he he's definitely funny. And uh, and and another thing, you know, Chris Christie wanted to say much worse than that. <laughs> he wanted to tell he wanted to tell them off for sure. Um, but Chris Christie, I think uh, the way he's, uh, and he said this himself, the way that he's branding his campaign is a prosecution against Trump's second term. So he's not really branding it like he wants to win. So, I mean, if he just you know spreads that message everywhere he goes, then you know, that's, that's what he's gonna do. Well, he gotta spread it in places where people might be <laughs> a little open to it, but you yeah. don't walk into the, the enemy's camp. Right. Talk trash about the enemy because you're gonna get exactly what you got. Now, needless to say that it was bold for Christie to do what he did. Probably pointless, but we gotta give it to him. It was bold. Let's take a look at the recent polling that shows 
how President Donald Day Trump is just blowing every other GOP primary candidate out of the water as of today. Now we do know that polls are snapshots in time, but we just giving it to you as it exists right now. And if it is difficult for you to read this graph currently, Trump sits at 52.5% in terms of the question if the election were held, you know, who would you vote for today? It's Donald J. Trump at the top and Governor Chris Crispy at a whopping 2.2%, baby. I mean, it's like night and day between those two candidates. Again, I said bold. Probably was pointless. Ineffective, but you, you gotta hand him. He's a brave guy. You know what I'm saying? You gotta hand it to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm handing it to him, Jackson. I, I said he was bold. Probably wasn't wise, but it was definitely yeah. bold. Him going all up into the lion's den, like the way that he did. Oh, we're gonna keep you posted on this: the petty politics and the infighting of the GOP. Now, petty politics aside, there was a pretty, a truly frightening moment from the Liberty University at Liberty University. And it's from the Liberty University representative Ryan Heffelbean. And I mean from the from the event. I'll take take a look. Basically, this is an evangelistic movement on the left, and that's what's happening. It's indoctrination. I mean, they are proselytizing to the next generation. And what we're discovering as parents and conservatives is, wait a second, education really is evangelism. So if you don't control education, you cannot control the future. And, and, and Stalin knew that, Mao knew that, right? Hitler knew that. We have to get that back for conservative values. Yeah, you heard the man mention Stalin and Hitler. And again, this was at the Faith and Freedom Coalition event. And this guy, Ryan, is a representative from the Liberty University. And these people are dangerous. They are openly borrowing from dictators, the playbook, without fear, a contradiction, without fear that they will be checked in any way. They're actually openly advocating for destroying education. They are book burning in the 21st century. And let's take a little trip down memory lane, should we? So that we can all collectively understand why what Ryan said is so dangerous. After Hitler seized power in January 1933 on May 10th, of the same year, tens of thousands of books were burned in more than 20 cities in Germany. Most were works by Jewish authors, but books of political dissidents were also burned. Numerous writers were forced to go into exile, while many of those who stayed in Germany were imprisoned or murdered. Further, the Nazis replaced the Weimar Republic's once vibrant culture with Nazi propaganda and carefully tailored concept of what they wanted German culture to be. And this is how the GOP is operating in real time in the 21st century, especially on the state level of government. This headline, parents writes, Republicans wage education education culture war as 2024 looms. Republicans hail policies they say will give parents say in their children's schooling. But critics say it's a guise to advance a right wing education agenda. This reporting coming from the Guardian. And that data speaks for itself. According to other data from the American Library Association, the American Library Association today released new data documenting over 1,269 demands to censor library books and resources in 2022. The highest number of attempted book bans since ALA began compiling data about censorship in libraries more than 20 years ago. The unparalleled numbers of reported book challenges in 2022 nearly doubles the 729 challenges reported in 2021. So as we can see, we're headed down a very dangerous course, a record of a record 2,571 unique titles were targeted for censorship, a 38% increase from the 1,858 unique title titles targeted for censorship in 2021. Of those titles, the vast majority were written by or about members of the LGBTQIA community and people of color. So Jackson is very clear what they're doing. This is modern day 
book burning, 21st century book burning. And the sad part about it is that so many of these people have been duped to believe that they parents already have a say. I mean, parents can go up to schools right now as they please and have conversations, their school board member meetings, etc. So it's not like parents are helpless the way that the, the, the GOP, the current right wing rapid GOP wants people to think. And I think you know this really just highlights the fact that people in this camp just don't accept or agree with the idea of the United States. We know that the United States hasn't adhered to what the idea is supposed to be in terms of liberty, justice, people coming together, being the melting pot of the world, what have you. But they don't accept it. And the only way that their vision really can come to fruition is if some type of secession happens, which you know there's really not enough support for them at the end of the day. Nonetheless, they are causing a lot of collateral damage as they're basically just throwing fits and temper tantrums um, because uh, there's diversity in the world, which isn't new. You know, so it's it's not as if like people all of this country all of a sudden became multicultural. This country's been multicultural since before anyone alive today was alive today. You know, so like yeah, this, that's this, a good point, Jackson. Yeah, but they're really uncomfortable show. with the the change and 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 the so-called the power shifts and the dynamics and having to deal with other people to be accepting. I mean, that's really what it is. And then they want to call themselves Christians. I mean, I just again, what would Jesus do? He would not be doing what they are doing today. This is really, really sad, and it's tragic. Sad, tragic, and dangerous all at the same time. We cannot sleep on these folks because the rhetoric that they're pushing. And another point to that, I mean, they're really putting it into action. I mean, the increase in the request to challenge books, what the GOP is able to do on the state level, they're taking over school boards. People better get a clue real quick. The United States is going backwards. And speaking of going backwards, Governor Nikki Haley, former Governor Nikki Haley and Ambassador Nikki Haley picked the title, she has a few. On Saturday, June 24th, she tweeted this. Do you remember when you were growing up? Do you remember how simple life was, how easy it felt? It was about faith, family, and country. We, have, we, we can have that again. But to do that, we must vote Joe Biden out. Now, on the surface, one would think, oh, she is remembering her past experiences. And we can't necessarily argue with other folks and their past experience. Maybe she was having fond memories about the beautiful childhood that she had and the beautiful community and neighborhoods she lived in, how enriching all of that was for her. Because for her, that may have been the case. Well, had she just stayed there, that would have been okay. But then she went on about a simple life, how it felt, faith, family, and country. Which again, if that was her upbringing, then that's fine. But it was not the upbringing for everybody. But then she went on into the political side of this. She took us there. We can have that again, but we got to get rid of Joe Biden. Now, of course, her tweet was met with a whole bunch of pushback as well it should have been. David Hogue, March for Our Lives, one of the March for Our Lives co-founder tweeted this. I remember that until a gun, I remember that until a gunman murdered 17 of my classmates and administrators because of the failed policies of your party. What a way to put her, put her, put her in her place, David. And in this beauty, coming from journalist and publicist Dave Jordan, calling her out on her revisionist history. This you sure is. It's the book jacket of your memoir, which references the racism prejudice you faced growing up in South Carolina. Your father was hired to teach at, at a black college. He couldn't get a job elsewhere because of his race. But enjoy your revisionist history. And there it is, folks, right there in black and white. David coming, Dave Jordan, rather, coming in with the receipts. And the ultimate, ultimate mic drop came from Dr. Bernice King. Put the point in there all the way. Well, this happened when I was five years old at Nikki Haley. I recommend you listen to my father's speech, The Other America. And I recommend everybody listens to that speech as well. And the picture that you are looking at right now is the picture that Dr. Bernice King tweeted of her and her mother at her father's funeral. We all know that Dr. King was assassinated on April 4th, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee. The thing that always kills me about how like Republicans will talk about whatever Democrats in office is typically like this. And there's somewhat of a difference. Like Democrats usually point out to 
what the president has done. But Republicans will say stuff like, remember the time before two years ago when this guy was in office? You know what I'm saying? Like, like the times were drastically different 24 months ago. Um, and even if you take out uh, the past, you know, I mean, let's talk about how in 1967 that was the last lobotomy surgery that was legally done. There's all types of real issues, even outside of racial discriminatory uh, problems that this country faces. But also, uh, we have a lot of issues right now. So, you know, before Joe Biden was in office, inflation was bad. People couldn't afford uh, their rent. People couldn't afford their mortgage. You know, these types of things really aren't new. So it's really uh, hollow and it's just goofy, you know, like the, the magical time before 24 months ago when this guy got <laughs> I'm saying so. That's just all. Yeah, there was no magical time and 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 Dr. Bernice King was letting her know that you are delusional. This is this was what was happening in my life before that time. Simple days were not always so simple for a lot of people, but especially African Americans in the 60s. And so this Dr. King's other America speech, very strong speech. I mean, we know what a prolific orator Dr. King was quotable at all times. So Dr. Bernice King invited Haley to listen to one of her father's speeches, The Other America. This is a speech Dr. King gave in 1967 at Stanford University. And here are some quotes, some excerpts excerpted quotes from that speech that we want to share with you. This one I like to use as a subject from which to speak this afternoon, the other America. And I use this subject because there are literally two Americas. One America is beautiful for our situation. And in a sense, this America is overflowing with the miracle of prosperity and honey of opportunity. This America is the habitat of millions of people who have food and material necessities for their bodies and culture and education for their minds and freedom and human dignity for their spirit. And this America, millions of people experience every day the opportunity of having life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in all of their dimensions. Again, this is Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. But tragically and unfortunately, there is another America. This America has a daily ugliness about it that constantly transformed the buoyancy of hope into the fatigue of despair. In this America, millions of work-starved men walk the streets daily in search of jobs that do not exist. In this America, millions of people find themselves living in rat-infested vermin-filled Slums. Go ahead, Dr. King. Last point in this speech. In this America, people are poor by the millions and they find themselves perishing on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. In a sense, the greatest tragedy of this other America is what it does to other children. Little children in this other America are forced to grow up with clouds of inferiority, inferiority farming every day in their little mental skies. And as we look at this other America, we see it as an arena of blasted hopes and shattered dreams. So Jackson, I mean, Dr. King was really laying out the argument and really <clears throat> dissuading anybody. Like I wanna, he wanted to make sure everybody understood that there are two realities in this country, one for the haves and another one for the have not. One that uplifts and edifies and another one that causes hopelessness and despair. And this is what Dr. Bernice King invited Governor Nikki Haley. So it's just in case you don't know, you need to take a look. Well, and too, you know, I mean, it, it, it's always funny too because when Nikki says stuff like that or anyone says anything like that, it's like instantly the whole world's just like, well, what about this? What about this problem? What about that issue? And then they're just like, oh, well, stop trying to cancel me and stop acting like I said what I said. You know what I mean? Like she's not going to come forth and actually defend anything. But yeah, I mean, this isn't new. This is an issue that civilization faces, um, you know, uh, inequity inequality, and it's always a constant fight to right the wrongs that people in positions of power do. It's always a fight to change with the times. There's always work to be done. Um, but you know, Nikki Haley ain't gonna win anyway. So no, it's all she's good. Not. But you know, it's just something about a willingness to contort yourself so for a seat, like to to sell your soul basically, you know, for a seat and to have revisionist history and to really just not care about truth. I mean, these people have lost all aspects of the truth of this country, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They cannot handle 
the truth whatsoever. Well, wrap your mind around everything that we have said. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Membership has a great impact on the TYT network and we want you, yes you, to become a member. For $4.99 a month, you can become a member of TYT and help us to continue to keep independent media strong. We can't do it alone, so we need your help. Go to tyt.com slash impact and become a member, sign up today. Now you also can find TYT on Snapchat. Snapchat and TikTok by searching for at the Young Turks. And don't forget to follow. You can also find us on the YouTube shorts. And we got some really good shorts, especially coming out for Unball, so you don't want to miss it. Now it's my favorite part of the show, starting with Twitch, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon. Hello, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon. You love Trump, but he doesn't love you. <laughs> That's pretty much what's happening. I mean, you know, the man just recently told folks at a restaurant he was gonna pay for the bill. So, you know, everybody, and then he left before anybody could order anything. So, no, he doesn't love them back. Vicky, Nina, and Jackson, please bring me out of this funk. I feel like the world is upside down and nothing is going right. I also hear the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, Vicky, we feeling that way too. Unfortunately, today's show is all about that. However, we do want you to, to not allow the situations of today to, to, to just weigh you down so much. It's one thing to be aware and it's another thing to be inundated. So we're glad that you're making yourself aware by watching us on TYT. But listen to some music, you know, get a hug, do take a walk, whatever things lift your spirit. Cuz yes, it is a daunting time and I too hear the Twilight Zone music, you better believe it. On YouTube Super Chat, Tay Tay, the Senator is here, the Senator is here. Thank you, Tay Tay. I am here, baby. Glad you're here too. The It Dragon, the primary for Republicans, is definitely popcorn time. <laughs> for real, it's, it's it's pretty much gonna be the whole primary. It's just gonna be them. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, it's it's gonna. It, be it has 2016 vibes. You ask me. I mean, this is 2016 all over again. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, Mo Fury. Hey, Mo, it's been a minute. Am I the only one who is happy watching the Republican Party go the way of pizza of the a pizza the hut from the movie Spaceballs? <laughs> they are trapped in their limousines and eating themselves to death. I got you got that right, Mo. And then Sully, thank thank you, TYT, for giving me the opportunity to view your unbiased views <laughs> from oh, thank you, New Zealand. Oh, you represent. We appreciate you so very much. See that we got international people watching TYT internationally. We appreciate you so very, very much. Oh, things are not getting much better. We go into Marjorie Taylor Greene because she believes that her TV is spying on her. Marjorie Taylor Greene is at it again. Check out her most recent tweet because that big bad TV is coming, is out to get her. Yes, it is. Last night in my DC residence, the TV turned on by itself. And the screen shows someone's laptop trying to connect to the TV. Just for the record, just in case y'all unclear, I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm also very healthy and eat well and exercise a lot. I don't smoke and never have. I don't know, maybe it's time to start. I don't think, I don't take any medication. <laughs> maybe she needs a puff puff pass in her life. Right, for real. I don't take any medications, I am not vaccinated. So I am not concerned about blood clots, heart conditions, strokes or anything else. Oh, Cuz you said, oh, okay. <laughs> nor do I have anything to hide. I just love my country and the people. And I know how much they've been screwed over by the corrupt people in our government. And Marjorie Taylor Greene just look in the mirror, baby. And I'm not willing to be quiet about it or willing to go along with it. So her TV came on mysteriously, Jackson. She believes the TV is watching her and she wants us to know that she is healthy and happy and there's nothing wrong with her. She doesn't smoke, she doesn't drink, she doesn't None do anything. That. See, maybe if she smoked, we could blame this on something, but now she took that out of the equation. Your well, you, 
you know, the irony of it all is she's acting like someone who's like coke binging or crack binging, and now they're hallucinating because they've been awake for too long or something like that. But it, you know, and obviously I can't accuse her of that. I'm just saying the way that this is written out, it's like someone who's on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like it just is. Um, but again, and, and and this is me. So you know, personally, I, I don't believe that she doesn't intoxicate herself with anything because most people intoxicate themselves from time to time at least. Um, but yeah, she's truly a special case. She really is. I mean, she she got led into Congress and she has been doing her thing ever since. She getting into fights with people, picking fights with everybody. It don't matter who it is. She, That's she ready it. to go there. She everybody. ready to go there. Yep. And you know what? If she ain't intoxicating herself, I mean, Jesus, this is her. Without any substance. Oh yeah, maybe maybe we don't need her with nothing. It's one of the two. Either she's either she lying or she telling the truth. That's it's it. One of, it's one of the two. Either way, we 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 are in trouble. Now she followed that up, Jackson. She followed <laughs> that link that that link up by by putting out an article from 2019 from CBS News. Your smart TV might be spying on you, FBI warns. Hackers can take over your TV set to change channels, turn up volume, or cyber attack cyber talks. Through his microphone and camera, because she wanted to just put a finer point so that we know that she wasn't just pulling this out of out of thin air. And before we share some of the more humorous reactions, here's what part of the article said about smart TVs. The devices equipped with cameras, microphones, and in some cases, facial recognition technology are often poorly secured by their manufacturers compared to computers or smartphones. The FBI warned last week that opens up the technology to cyber criminals criminals who can exploit the vulnerability to access home routers, TechCrunch reported. And again, ultimately it's coming via CBS News. And this is what they said. Now, except in Marjorie Taylor Greene's case, there is a more reasonable explanation. Here it is. One of Marjorie Taylor Greene's neighbors accidentally tried to screencast <laughs> to the wrong TV. So naturally her first thought is that this means someone is trying to assassinate her. That's coming from <laughs> Matt Bender on Twitter. Here is another. One of Marjorie Taylor Greene's neighbors in Washington, D.C. accidentally tried to cast, cast their laptop to her smart TV. So she acts like her apartment got a direct hit from a Jewish space laser or something. Ha ha ha. Now, a reminder that MTG herself has dished out some wild theories in the past. This is nothing new for her. Before and after entering Congress, Green has thrown her support behind conspiracy theories that have enabled her opponents and baffled her fellow GOP lawmakers. She has questioned the official story behind the 9-11 attacks, spread QAnon conspiracy theories, and doubted the legitimacy of the 2020 election. This is Marjorie. Taylor Green, but that's not the only drama chasing Marjorie Taylor Green. Remember this exchange from last week. So we're going right to the exchange between Marjorie Taylor Green and Representative Lauren Burbert. Now, who now, Burbert? You know they used to be thick as thieves, but now they're enemies and her number one enemy. Take a look. And we're seeing them on the floor of the Congress. You guys may remember we had that up and people who were there were able to hear what the two women were discussing reported that they were calling each other the B-I-T-C-H word. And it turns out that Green had indeed called Bobert and she doesn't deny, proudly says, oh yeah, I did it. A little B-I-T-C-H, let's hear from her, let's hear straight from the Congresswoman. You accused your Republican colleague, Lauren Boebert, on the House floor of stealing or copying your impeached Biden resolution and then uh, called her a nasty little bitch. Don't use that word because you've confirmed it. Is this the media loving a cat fight? Because you haven't exactly shied away from this. Well, you know, I find it unfortunate that Lauren Boebert leaked that uh, conversation that we had to the press. Um, but once she leaked it out, I, I had to confirm that that's in fact what I said. I had asked her to co-sponsor my articles of impeachment against Joe Biden on the border, and she never responded and, and apparently refused to do so. Then when she introduced her own and forced them to the floor with a privilege resolution without even having the courage to talk 
talked to any other Republican in our conference before doing so, except Speaker McCarthy and, and apparently a few others. Um, yeah, we had a tense conversation when she confronted me about things I had said about it. The, the, the nerve of Representative Boebert for not going to Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and asking her for her permission. The nerve of her, but she confirmed it. She did call her a little (laughs) B-I-T-C-H. And at the end of the day, these two really, I mean, truly are made for each other. Jackson. Yeah, they really are. They're gonna be right back in each other's arms and not too long. You know what I'm saying? When reality of the outside world hits them and they realize that everything takes time, you feel me? It ain't that easy to just replace people. So unfortunately, they're gonna run back into each other's toxic arms. But uh, you know the funny thing to me about the hotel or, or this uh, TV situation was it's like you know all we have to do to spy on you is read your tweets because you say everything that you think whether it's on Twitter or any time a camera's in your face or any other outlet that you get the chance to talk on it's not a secret who you are and what you think on top of that I think we're at a point in time where you know if the government above you, you know, because you're a big piece of that. But if the government above you would want to spy on you, they probably could just tap your phone or something. I don't, they don't, you know, it's like, whoops, hold up, <laughs> got the laptop, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think our technological advances are, are beyond that now. But uh, yeah, she she really is, you know, they're, they're thick as thieves, like you said, but the one time something goes wrong, it's over, it's over. Yeah, because it's not a deep relationship anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll keep an eye on these two. You're talking about popcorn and Trump. We got more <laughs> popcorn with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, that is for sure. Now, the neo Nazis and Proud Boys are fighting each other. Take a look. Maybe I missed the media headlines calling them thugs. And we all know if they are another of another another hue, they would be being called thugs. But that's the Proud Boys surrounded a rival clan of neo-Nazis in violent comp- confrontation with one another at a rally in Oregon. The Proud Boys protested a LGBTQ plus pride parade over the weekend in Oregon City. However, the rally went from peaceful to violence when a group of local neo-Nazis known as Rose City Nationalists decided to protest along the organization. Get the F out of here, one Proud Boy shouts as the other other members shove the mass white supremacists while screaming homophobic slurs and threats. This reporting coming from Medii, a shoving match ensues between the groups resulting in multiple Proud Boys punching the neo-Nazis and beating them with an American flag pole. You know you ain't been beat till you've been beat with an American flag. As the Rose City nationalists scatter in confusion, a Proud Boy member can be seen ripping off their masks while others shout, demask them, demask them. Lord have mercy on our soul. So. This this is it. I mean, Jax, I mean, really, this this is wild right here. The two word demass, time to do your internet thing, detectives. Here are two who were a mass. So the sluice, we putting them up right there. Because you know what? The internet knows somebody gonna be able to tell us who, in fact, these folks are. Let the Damascan begin. These actual thugs called these actual thugs call. BLM, Black Lives Matter uh, movement. You know, Black Lives Matter got labeled as being violent. I wonder what you call these activists, so-called activists. They're not even activists; they're troublemakers, trying to to uh, to sow dissent and bigotry and white supremacy. These are the real thugs, but we probably won't hear the media Jackson calling them thugs because they're not black. Yeah, I mean they're basically just like a bunch of dweebs and losers who gathered at the park and like they're fighting over their territory. It's like some recess type of stuff because like they're pretty much on the same page with everything that they think, you know, so there's really not much uh, diversity of thought in there, no. diversity of ideology. 
But yeah, no, nah, it was definitely, I guess they just felt like it was their turf, it was their territory, and uh, nobody should infringe upon that or tread upon that, I guess would be a better uh, better word to say. Um, but yeah, they, they're going to continue. They're going to line up behind their boy Donald Trump and anybody else who represents the idea of you know this country going back to like almost 200 years ago. <laughs> so that's all they're doing. Yep, they are thugs and sores of hate. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure the internet will find out who the two masked men or demasked men, shall I say, are. In Texas, and I cannot believe I am about to say what I'm about to say, but in Texas, construction workers denied water breaks. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, signs bill rescinding water breaks there. Even though there's a heat wave going on in Texas, and Texas is just a hot state, whether there's a heat wave or not. But this man, instead of doing things to edify and lift and change material conditions and make the state better, he's signing legislation that limits the ability for workers to take water breaks. The measure which will take effect later this year will nullify ordinances enacted by Austin and Dallas that mandate 10 minute breaks for construction workers every four hours. It also prevents any other local governments from passing similar worker protections. Now we we talk a lot about what's dangerous, you know, on this show. This is truly truly dangerous for those construction workers. What type of heartless legislature would even introduce and pass a bill of this magnitude? What kind of heartless governor would sign the bill? A governor that really cared about the workers of that state would have vetoed that bill. As a matter of fact, since his party is in control, he would have worked with the legislature to ensure that whoever the nut was that introduced such a bill, that the bill never saw the light of day. But that's not what we're dealing with in Texas. And then what kind of employers would even want such a bill? That you are not going to look out for the well-being of your workers who are out there in the hot sun doing heavy duty physical labor. And now y'all don't want them to even get a drink of water. I mean, this is next level hell right here. We have entered literally next level hell. Now, just days after Greg Abbott, the governor, ratified the law, officials <clears throat> said a 35-year-old utility Lineman working to restore power in Marshall, Texas died after experiencing symptoms of heat illness. The heat index, which takes into account both the temperature and humidity, and it was 100 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, they just don't give a damn. Now, six out of every 10 construction workers in Texas are Latino. Maybe that has something to do with it. I wouldn't give a damn if they were white, don't matter to me what color they are. But here's the empirical data. Six out of every 10 construction workers in Texas are Latino. And labor advocates say that the law will hurt Latino and black communities that are already disproportionately affected by extreme heat. Hispanic workers make up a third of all worker heat deaths since 20. 10. Again, thank you, Guardian. Now, a statement from Rep. Dustin Burroughs, who introduced the bill, this fool right here. For too long, progressive municipal officials and agencies have made Texas small businesses jump through contradictory and confusing hoops. Are you out of your flipping mind? Yeah, you are. Did your mama really raise you like this, or is it your daddy that raised you this way? Inquiring minds want to know. Jackson, this is an absolute damn shame. Just the nine people water. And I don't and whether you work in the heat or you work inside, you should the body needs water. Dehydration is a dangerous thing. But especially if you're working in the heat. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like you said, not only is this very dangerous, but it's also incredibly unnecessary because it's not like there was a huge outcry for taking away people's water breaks. It's really just kind of like fake efficiency. It, it, it's trying to become more efficient and looking at the wrong areas to make that happen. Um, instead of improving teamwork or company culture, whatever it is, it, it's just you know treating human beings like bolts in a machine. Um, but also, you know, Greg Abbott, he just he he just has a, a true fondness uh, for signing bills that don't make sense. Given the fact that he lives his life in a wheelchair, he just signed a bill that makes it harder for. Uh, people in similar positions to vote early and vote by mail because you know there there could be people who aren't handicapped who take advantage of that which who cares if more people are voting by mail so you know he he's just kind of taking it upon himself to wear the dunce cap 
and do everything uh, that doesn't make any sense. That's just kind of who he is. Texas should be embarrassed. Texas, you need to get your governor, your governor, really, you do. And workers' rights are being assaulted all over the country. So this is really just powerful for the course. But just when you think they can't go lower, they continue to defy those odds and go as low as one can go. Now war is being uh, is being waged against workers and workers' right, the entire working class. Anybody that's in the working class, anybody that has to work for a living should be concerned. There's been a rollback amongst worker protections and democracy is being eroded. Senator Bernie Sanders launches an investigation into working conditions at Amazon by way of example. We just want to give you some examples of how this democracy, our democracy is being eroded, people's rights. Senator seeks information about systematically underreported injury rates and turnovers at US second largest employer. Amazon drivers, including Iraq Bet, sue over poor working conditions. Saying they pee defecated in bottles to avoid discipline. So again, living at a time where you can't even get a break. And all of us are old enough to remember at the height of COVID, had it not been for Amazon workers and other essential workers, we don't even use the term anymore because it was so damn superficial when it was put out there. But the reality is without those workers, people would not have been able to get the necessities that they needed during the height of COVID. And notice I say height of COVID because COVID is still having an impact. And this is the way that these employers are treating the people who help to make this country run. To help get us what we need on a regular basis, things that we often take for granted. Next headline, a 12 year old might might have grown your food in many states that's perfectly legal. Republicans are rolling back child labor laws, but they've always been weak on farms. In other words, you can exploit children on farms. And Republicans are standing up, they, they want this. This is the kind of America that Republicans are creating. And then David Pepper's tweet, David Pepper is a former chair of the Ohio Democratic Party on working conditions during the pandemic. The risk is all being pushed down to workers, no mask requirements, even in stores, still not enough PPE, must work, no childcare, national pushback for corporate immunity, website to report workers so they lose unemployment from all in this together to work or else. So right, we move from we're all in this together or work work or else, just discussing. And then the latest, the legislation on the legislative side, the partisan splits. And when we look at why this is happening and how intensely this is happening, it is mainly happening where there is GOP control in state houses and state senates, general assemblies, legislatures all over this country. So Republican controlled chambers, you got 29 that the GOP control the house in 29 states where they control the Senate. The Democratic controlled chambers in the House and the Assembly, 20 states where that is where that is the reality, and 20 Senate chambers where that is the reality. And the coalition controlled chambers, Alaska Senate. So we know we see that Republicans control. Bottom line is moral of the story is the majority of legislatures across this country are in fact controlled by the GOP. And this chart right here, the percentage of state legislative seats held by a political party and the Republicans are dominated. Now Republicans versus Dem governors, the same, the margin is a little smaller, but we got 20 a six Republican held governor seats and 24 for Democrats. The legislature is where all the misdeeds primarily are happening. Now this has been a trend since 2008. The GOP has been planning a way to have control, even if they don't control the White House, even if they don't control Jackson, quite frankly, both chambers of the Congress, as we know they did not in the 118th Congress, they or 17th Congress, they did not. But they found power in being in control on the state level of government. And Democrats have been so focused on the federal level, they left the back door open for them to do that. And workers are suffering because of these politics. There is an intersectionality or nexus, if you will, between what types of public policies pass and the impact that those policies have on workers and their families every single day. And we're seeing the dangers of allowing the GOP just to trollop on through the country and take full control of most legislatures.
And you know, again, efficiency at the expense of human lives, at the human livelihood rather. But also, you know, one thing that corporate America does often is make the public foot the bill for their mistakes. Whether that be investments that they made improperly, if they spent too much money on X, Y, and Z, if they have to fire a bunch of people, tens of thousands of people. And now we're looking at what's happening in the commercial real estate market where a lot of these giant corporations have to continue to pay leases on buildings that are losing their value and that people really don't need to show up to. So I expect to, well, not I expect, but we should all expect to continue to see policy pushes like this. Because instead of really adapting to how the job market in the world is changing, they're just going to continue to focus on short-term profits at all costs. Because even adaptation, the life, yeah, because adaptation costs money. It 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 takes investment, and you know, screw that. You know, who who needs that? So yeah, it's is this is this is trifling. I mean, that's the word that comes yeah. in for me yeah. that you yeah. would tread. A good word that you use, trample upon workers in this way. And they're doing it deliberately. This has not happened by accident. Yep. We got to wake up in this country, truly. I, I believe that people should be voting in a working class coalition, not who's Democrat and who's Republican, but who actually is standing up for working people and their families in this country. That's really what is coming. You want to know what the us versus them is workers versus the corporate interests. That's that's what this is. It's not about Democrat and Republican. It is about workers and the corporate interests that dominate the halls of Congress, the halls of these state legislatures, the presidency and the governor man, governor's mansions across this country at the expense of everyday workers. Well, we're moving on to kids and guns, unfortunately. Most accidental shooting deaths among children involve guns that were left loaded and unlocked. That is right, America. So I want to know where all of these pro-life gun loving enthusiasts are. They love life. Why aren't they shouting from the rooftops to people who own guns? Lock up your guns, take the ammunitions out your damn guns so a child can't get hold of the gun. They are nowhere to be found. Most children in the US who die from an accidental shooting are playing around with guns at home or mistaking them for toys, according to a new study. And the research suggests that over 90% of guns used in such shooting deaths were left unlocked and Loaded, thank you CNN. Most of the shootings happened at the victim's homes, where in eight out of 10 cases, the gun belonged to an older relative. Over 40% of the time, these unintentional deaths happen among kids ages two to four, the research found. And if you want to have a gun at home, how do we encourage parents to safely store those weapons and make sure that they are up and out of the way of children, unloaded and out of the way? How do we do that, America? Now this should be an avenue when them pro-life, pro-gun folks are stepping up with some, some real solutions here. Where, where you at? Where are you? Nowhere. In 2018, school boards across the country began passing resolutions based on that pledge that required their schools to distribute flyers to families about how to safely store firearms in their homes. Over the past year, the number of students whose families are receiving these flyers at home has increased from about 2 million to 8.5 million because this is how serious this situation is. Serious situation. Researchers estimate that fewer than half of gun owners safely store all their guns, generally defined as storing them unlocked or storing them locked, unloaded, and separately from ammunition. Research also estimates that more than 4.6 million children in the households where loaded guns are not kept under lock and key. That more than 4.6 children live, excuse me, in households where guns are not where guns are loaded, they're loaded and they're not kept under lock and key. That's a lot of babies, y'all. In the United States, guns are the leading cause of death for children and teens, according to the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And for every child who dies due to gun violence, more than two more are treated in an emergency room for a gun-related industry or injury, costing the US healthcare system $109 million each year for initial hospitalizations. Children and teens are more likely to die from guns. 
Is this the America that we want? This this headline, children and teens are more likely to die by guns than by anything else. Welcome to America 2023, Jackson. Well, you know, it's not even that America has a pro gun culture. It's kind of like just, you know, no holds barred gun culture. So long as we get to have as many of them as we want, safety really is not a part of the culture. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that there aren't gun owners. I mean, I would say them a huge portion of them definitely do what they can to be safe. But still, the overall culture is just that we want to be able to have them, no questions asked. And until that happens, it's gonna be difficult to really move the needle at all, especially on a federal level, which is where it really needs to happen. But you know, first and foremost, we even need we just need to accept that guns aren't safe, you know, before we can move on, because they're not. They're weapons of death. That's what they do. They take people's lives. That's literally what they were made to do, is take people's lives. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And the reason why I'm harping on the gun lovers. And the pro-lifers, because they need to team up and put forth some strong ideas for gun safety if they really care about people, you know, because they believe the Second Amendment is so absolute and they're so pro-life. But to know that in this country, I mean that headline speaks for itself, children or teens are more likely to die by guns than anything else. That does not have to happen. You know, that type of gun violence or children having access to guns or accidentally picking up a gun. Those are things that do not have to happen if, in fact, the people in the gun culture would stand up a little more strongly and advocate for gun safety, period. They should be the first ones advocating for gun safety. But the hypocrites that they are, they won't do that. And they really don't care because anytime you have a whole bunch of mass shootings over decades, you know, every every single decade, and that doesn't move these people, they just cannot be moved. So if in fact you do own a gun and you have children in your household, please, for the love of God, make sure that you separate the ammunition from the guns and you lock those guns up so that these babies, countless accidents happen every year. And I do agree with Jackson, I think most gun owners do not, you know, they don't want, uh, their children or somebody else's child to find a gun, but you can't be so careless and forget that the gun is around and also that the gun is loaded. So Jesus, do something. And then for them gun loving nuts and, and so-called pro-lifers, y'all need to get in action and help, help gun owners keep their guns safe. But that is our time for today, Action Jackson. Man, we, we're gonna have to find a ray of hope tomorrow. We went real deep on the this is what's happening and didn't bring a lot of happiness to the show today other than ourselves so it was other so than ourselves other, other than, than the, the brightness that we bring as individuals you the know sometimes sometimes all you need is a candle in the darkness you know come what I'm on saying? that's sometimes all that's need. all it takes you know it's a candle <laughs> in the dark all right until next time we want you to become a member of TYT, do that for us. Help us to continue to keep independent journalism going strong. And we do appreciate your support. We couldn't do it, we do boo without you. You know what I want you to do about this time. I want you to keep the faith always, 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 even in the most daunting times. But marry that faith, baby, with a whole lot of fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.